as many of you know, uh, our pastor, Pastor Steve, is in vacation. So, uh, well-deserved vacation. I'm filling in for him this morning, so hopefully you're not disappointed that you're going to hear from him. Uh, my name is Luis, and uh, I, I serve in the uh, Sunday School Ministry, uh, and uh, I have the Bible study on Fridays in Spanish. Uh, you know what day we celebrate today, right? It is 4th of July. It's a big day. It's Independence Day. So uh, 245 years ago, uh, United States separated from the 13 colonies from Great Britain. Uh, and we want to talk about some uh, independence today. We're going to talk about some uh, separation in the word of the Lord. So let's, let's hear from the Lord. We're going to be reading from uh, 1 Samuel chapter 14, verses 1 to 23. If you don't have a Bible, please write your hand and one of the ushers will be more than happy to give you one. Now it happened one day that Jonathan, the son of Saul, said to the young man who bore his armor, Come, let us go over the Philistines' garrison that is on the other side. But he did not tell his father. And Saul was sitting in the outskirts of Gibeah under a pomegranate tree which is in Migron. The people who were with him were about 600 men. Aisha, the son of Haitub, Ichabod's brother, the son of Phineas, the son of Heli, the Lord's priest in Shiloh, was wearing an ephod. But the people did not know that Jonathan was, had gone. Between, between the passes by which Jonathan sought to go over the Philistine garrison, there was a sharp rock on one side, and a sharp rock on the other side. And the name of one of was Boses, and the name of the other was Sene. The front of one faces Norwood, opposite Mishmash, and the other southward opposite Gibeah. Then Jonathan said to the young man who bore his armor, Come, let us go over the garrison of this uncircumcised. It might be that the Lord will work for us, for nothing restrains the Lord from saving by many or by few. So his armor-bearer said to him, Do all that is in your heart. Go then, here I am with you, according to your heart. 
Then Jonathan said, very well, let us cross over to these men and we will show ourselves to them. If they say to us, wait until we come to you, then we will stand still in our place and not go up to them. But if they say to us, come up to us, then we will go up. For the Lord has delivered them into our hands, and this will be a sign to us. So both of them showed themselves to the garrison of the Philistines. And the Philistines say, Look, the Hebrews are coming out of the holes where they have hiding. Then the men of the garrison called to Jonathan and his armor bearer and say, Come up to us. And we will show you something. Jonathan said to his armor bearer, Come up after me, for the Lord has delivered them into the hands of Israel. And Jonathan climbed up on his hands and knees, which his armor bearer after him. And they fell before Jonathan. And as he came after him, his armor bearer killed them. That fierce slaughter which Jonathan and his armor bearer made was about 20 men within about a half an acre of land. And there was trembling in the camp, in the field, among all the people. The garrison and the raiders also trembled. And the earthquake, so that it was a very great trembling. Now the watchmen of Saul in Gibeah of Benjamin, look it. And there was a, the mul multitude melting away, and they went here and there. Then Saul said to the people who were with him, Now call the roll and see who has gone from us. And when they called the roll, surprisingly, Jonathan and his armor bearer were not there. And Saul said to Aisha, Bring the ark of God here. For at that time, the ark of God was with the children of Israel. Now it happened while Saul took to the priest that the noise which was in the camp of the Philistines continued to increase. So Saul said to the priest, withdraw your hand. Then Saul and all the people who were with him assembly and they went to the battle. And indeed, every man's sword was against his neighbor, and there was very great confusion. Moreover, the Hebrews who were with the Philistines before that time, who went up with them into the camp from the surrounding country, they also joined the Israelites who were with Saul and Jonathan. Likewise, all the men of Israel who had hidden in the mountains of Ephraim when they heard the, that the Philistines fled, they also followed hard after them in the battle. So the Lord saved Israel that day, and the battle shifted to Beth Aven. Amen. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, come to you, Father God, with prayer and supplication, Father, asking you to be used as that empty vessel that I am, Father God. Please be you the one talking through me, Father God. 
Allow them to hear your words, Father God. Allow them to heal every single wound that they have in their lives, Father God. Father, we come to you this morning wanting to hear from you, Father God. We already hear from the world, Father. We already hear, hear what the world has to say, Father God. But we want to hear the truth, Father. And you are the truth, Father God. We desperately and humbly ask you to enlighten us, Father God. We desperately and humbly ask you to hear from you, from your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, we have quite of a story, a long one, for sure. Uh, and as I promised, it's about uh, liberation. It's about salvation. Uh, at this time, the Israelites are being uh, under the control of the Philistines. They're being subdued by the Philistines. But who are those Israelites? Well, the people of Israel is the chosen people of God. They are that um, Abraham descendants. God saved them from slavery in Egypt, take them to the promised land, and they asked the Lord for a king. And uh, they want to have a king as the other nations because uh, they thought that... Uh, God wasn't enough. Sadly, that's the way that many Christians perceive our God. Sometimes we believe that God is not enough for the things that we're facing. And we ask for the things that the world have to offer. Uh, sadly, we share that with the Israelites. Uh, and why is it so important to read these verses, to seek for wisdom in these verses? Because... We are Israelites. We are Abraham descendants. Um, I want to ask you to go to Galatians chapter 3, verse 29. And then we will see how important it is to understand The people of Israel. We'll, you will see that we have too much in common. I'm going to read it. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. We have heirs according to the promise. Uh, all that God promised to the people of Israel, he promised to us. Uh, freedom and liberation from our enemies. That promise stands for us as well today, okay? So that's why it's so important to understand uh, God's promises in the Old Testament because that applies to you, that applies to every single one of us, okay? Uh, verse 1. Now, now it happened one day, Jonathan, the son of Saul, Say to the young man who bore his armor, Come, let us go over the Philistines' garrison that is on the other side. But he did not tell his father. We're going to talk about Jonathan in this chapter. Um, it is a, 
Bible characters that are learned to be learning to admire and love, uh, love his passion for the Lord. And because all of us know the story about David and Goliath. The whole world, some way or another, knows the story of David and Goliath. How uh, David, this young little um, teenager, defeated Goliath. But we're going to see how, how Jonathan is as brave and, and, and how he has that enormous faith in the Lord as well. Okay, so Jonathan is the son of Saul. Let's, let's go back in history. Saul is this king that Israel was demanding to the Lord. They were desperately, desperately asking the Lord for a king. They want to have a king as the other countries. They want to have a king as the other nations. So after so many, so many let's say, prayers, the Lord decided to give them a king, right? And then he gave them, the Lord Almighty, give them a king exactly as they asked, a king as the other nations. So this is Saul, the father of Jonathan. And uh, we're going to see some, some, uh, some characteristics of this, of this king. Okay, through these passages, we're going we're gonna to see it. So Jonathan moved in faith, knowing that they are in battle. They are battling the Philistines. The Philistines have control in the area. He knows that. All the Israelites know that. His father knows that. The king the king that the people wanted so much, he knows that. But then we're going to see two very different, um, two very different approaches to the same situation. We're going to see Jonathan, how he acts, moving the spirit, in faith. His faith is in the Lord. And we're going to see Saul, his father, the king that, the whole nation wanted so bad. Saul, he's going to act in flesh. That's the way that he's going to face his problems. And uh, we will see how is the, the result of, of all that, how this, how this ends. So Jonathan acts in the spirit. Moving in his faith, he decides that he wants freedom. He wants freedom. For his people. So he asked his armor bearer to go over and face the Philistines. Face the enemy. The Philistines are the natural enemies of, of the Israelites. And we have enemies as well. You know, we live in this world. And we, we, we live in a constant battle. We have this spiritual battle in front of us every single day. Right? And uh, as a Christians, we also have two different uh, approach to this situation. Many of us act in flesh, as Saul is doing. 
many of us will act in faith, as Jonathan will show us to do. Then, we have Saul, verse 2. Saul was sitting in the outskirts of Gibeah under a pomegranate tree, which is in Mignon. The people who were with him were about 600, 600 men. 600 men were with Saul. He was under a pomegranate tree. Uh, that was a symbol of, of victory in ancient times. And uh, he was close home, knowing that they were living in a battle. They, they were surrounded by the enemies. But he ignored that, right? He was just... In today's words, he was just chilling with his friends. While Jonathan, he was very concerned. He knew that the Philistines were oppressing the Israelites, and he wanted to take action. He wanted to take action. Verse 3. Aijah, the son of Haivituv, Ichabod's brother, the son of Phineas, the son of Eli, the Lord's priest, in Silo was wearing an effort, but the people didn't know that Jonathan was gone. So we can see here Saul is with one priest. He he wanna be close to God but in his own terms. He's pursuing his well-being. He's just in the vicinity of God, but not involved in God's will. While Jonathan, as we saw in verse 1, he really want to pursue God's heart. He really want to obey God. He wants freedom. He knows that God created them to be free, that he promised them Freedom. Verse 4. Between the passes by which Jonathan sought to go over the Philistine garrison, there was a sharp rock on one side and a sharp rock on the other side. And the name of one was Moses, and the name of the other was Sinai. So, why is this important? Why? The Lord wants us to know about rocks. Well, we know that the Lord don't want to waste a single word in his word. So uh, I hope my, my, my Hebrew teacher will be happy with, with this. Uh, the name of this, if these, two, these two rocks one is Sene, hopefully my pronunciation of Hebrew is good this morning, means thorny. And the other one, Bose, is brilliant, shiny. So this character, Jonathan, he had to go through these two rocks to face the enemy. And uh, that will be 
our situation most of the time. We're going to be between the shiny of the success, victory, but we're going to go through a thorny situation to get to that victory. We're always going to be between those two rocks in order to pursue that, that victory. Verse 6. This is one of the most famous verses, one of my pastor's favorite verses. Then Jonathan said to the young man who bore his armor, Come, let us go over the garrison of, the, of this uncircumcised. It might be that the Lord will work for us. For nothing restrains the Lord from saving by many or by few. Wow. It's quite a declaration. It is easy to say it now because uh, we're just reading that. But when we're facing those scary situations, when we're facing the enemy in daily basis, it is so hard to, to believe that the Lord can and will rescue us, that he will give us victory. Why is it so hard? Why wasn't that hard from Jonathan? I believe that he knows the word of the Lord. That's the only way. He knows the word of the Lord. He was in constant communication with the Lord. That's what we're missing when we face those situations. We don't truly know the Lord. So how can we believe that he can save us? By few or, or by many. But... Uh, Many Christians, they, they know and, and believe that the Lord can save them, can save us. And uh, we, 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 or at least I, I see those, I saw those Christians, that they proclaim in the name of the Lord that he will save us. And actually it's not biblical and, and it's not so accurate because... Uh, we don't know exactly what will be the, the will of the Lord. We know and we trust Romans 8.28, knowing that whatever happened in our life is for our best interest because he loved us, every single one of us. But we don't know exactly how he's going to give us that victory. Right? And uh, in our prayers, that's why it's so important to uh, understand that. God's sovereignty. Okay? Because uh, let's, let's read it again. Let's see how, how Jonathan is very successful accomplishing that. He understands the Lord's sovereignty. It might be, it might be, it's not a guarantee that he's going to win that battle, but he trusts in the Lord. Because he don't know how, but he knows that at the end, he will be victorious. So please, in your prayers, please in your prayers, understand that the Lord have a plan. 
And his plan is the best plan. Might not be exactly as we want it, but his plan is the best plan. And we have to trust him. So, verse 7, So his armor bearer say to him, Do all that is in your heart. Go then, and here I am with you, according to your heart. Wow, the armor bearer. That's the kind of people that we have to surrender ourselves with. Somebody that really encouraged us to pursue God's will, to follow the Lord's commands. And we ain't going to find that kind of people in the world, that's for sure. So I really want to encourage you to find that armor bearer or become one to one of your brothers and sisters in faith. Because uh, do you imagine that somebody tells you, I feel that we need to go to Philly to that trip and evangelize all those drug addicts and prostitutes, just ourselves in our time. Let's ask for, for some uh, vacations, for, for some time, and go there. That sounds crazy for the world. Nah, it's too dangerous, too risky. It's a waste of time. But when we have the right person with us, as Jonathan has, we will hear. Do all that is in your heart. Go then. Here I am with you, according to your heart. How many Christians need to hear that more often? Go then. Go. Just go. You want to serve in that ministry? Just, just go. Follow the Lord. Follow what the Lord put in your heart. Don't waste your time. Verse 8. Then Jonathan said, Very well, let us cross over to these men, and we will show ourselves to them. Wow. Talking about fearless. He's, he's not afraid. He's not afraid at all. Because, as I say, he knows the Lord. He knows the Lord. And uh, one thing that catch my attention, is like he want to show himself. Show ourselves to them. I want to ask you a question. You can answer in, 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 in silence. I, I want you to answer in silence. How many of you show yourself as a Christian to the world? Or how many of you still hiding behind your Bibles, behind these walls? We already saw how uh, Saul was acting in the flesh. He was part of the people of Israel. He was a king, actually. 
But he was far away from battle, knowing that they were suffering the oppression of the Philistines. He decided to hang around with his buddies under that tree. So the question is, are we keep hiding ourselves from the world? Hiding our Christianity? We already saw tons of parades. Every single group that you can mention want to go out of the closet. When will be the time for the Christians to go out of the closet? To go out public? It's so easy to praise the Lord when you are surrendered of other Christians. And it is good, without doubt. But I believe that the Lord wants us to show ourselves to the world. It is time. So as we, as we say, Jonathan wasn't afraid. And as I mentioned before, it's because he knows the Lord and how we right now can know the Lord through the scriptures, through his word. So Jonathan, he knows about Deuteronomy chapter 3, verse 22. Please read it with me. You must not fear them, for the Lord your God himself fights for you. (laughs) You must not fear them. But there's so many. (laughs) In my workplace, I'm the only one that believes in the Lord. I'm the only Christian around. Well, your God himself fights for you. I don't find any reason to be afraid of that boss, of that co-worker, or that people that surround us. Because the Lord himself, my God, fight for me. There in the Deuteronomy, let's go to chapter 20. Verse 4. In case that we didn't understand it the first time. For the Lord your God is he who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to save you. We might don't get it yet. Let's read it again. For the Lord your God is he who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to save you. We're not alone. No matter what the words say, we're not alone. 
the Lord, our God, goes with every single one of us to fight those battles. We know that we live in a crazy world. We know how the media uh, and, and, and all those uh, incircumcised in the heart, those no-believers, claim to have the truth. But we know the truth. We know the truth that our God saved. We know the truth that we have eternal life. We know the truth. And more important, and I hope that every one of us knows, the Lord, our God, goes with us. And he will save us from our enemies. So it's no reason to be afraid. Jonathan understood that. Hopefully we understand that. Let's continue. Okay. If they say to, to us, wait until we come to you, then we will stand still in our place and not go up to them. But if they say to us, come up to us, then we will go up for the Lord has delivered them into our hands and this will be a sign to us. So both of them showed themselves to the garrison of the Philistines, and the Philistines say, Look, the Hebrews are coming out of the holes where they have been hidden. Wow. When you have faith and when you trust of the Lord, we can expect that He will guide us in our decisions through prayers. He's not acting reckless, He's waiting. For a sign for the Lord. And we can wait for a sign on the Lord if we have faith and He will guide us. But uh, it is a key part. They show themselves. And, and the enemy, the world is stunned. They are amazed. Look, the Hebrews are coming out of the holes where they have been hidden. The world will be amazed once that we decide to go out to the world and proclaim the word of the Lord. As I said before, it's, it's the time to go out, to show ourselves. What are we waiting for? Let's continue. Then the men of the garrison call it to Jonathan and his armor bearer and say, Come up to us, and we will show you something. Jonathan said to his armor bearer, Come up after me, for the Lord has delivered them into the hands of Israel. There's a couple of things that are very important in this verse. How Jonathan acts. He received that sign from the Lord, the sign that he was asking to the Lord. He received it, and he just obeyed. He just obeyed and moved forward. 
And uh, a very important thing for every one of us is that will show us the heart of this kid, the heart of Jonathan. The Lord has delivered them into the hands of Israel. He's not planning to take any credit. He knows that the battle is the Lord's. He knows who is fighting the battle. He's very conscious about it. He's not selfish. He's very humble. The victory is of Israel. But let's think about for a second about this plan that Jonathan came with. Let's, let's analyze that. I don't know if, if uh, somebody here served in the military or, or have some military background. Uh, anyway, if you play video games, war games, you have to know this plan that Jonathan had is the worst plan ever. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Go uphill to fight against the enemy. And before that, letting them know that we're going to go up and fight you. They're outnumbered. They, they don't have the, the, the surprise, the element of surprise, because they show themselves. So I don't know who can imagine a worse plan than that one. Is madness. But uh, let's see what the Lord say about, about madness. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 13. Let's go for a second. For if we are beside ourselves, means out of our minds, crazy, is for God. Or if we are of some mind, is for you. Let's be crazy for the Lord. Let's allow ourselves to be crazy for the Lord, for the right reason. Because uh, when we're crazy for the Lord, we can experience what Jonathan experienced that day. How you going to face multitude of enemies, tons of enemies, and have victory with the worst plan ever. Worst plan ever. We will see. It's, it's crazy. Okay, let's see how the, the plans evolve. And Jonathan climbed up on his hands and knees with his armor bearer after him, and they fell before Jonathan. And as he came after him, his armor bearer killed them. Wait, what? So they climbing a mountain. I hope that you go outdoors and, and, and hike or walk or something. And uh, 
I don't know you guys, but after I climb a mountain, I, I'm, I'm tired. I have to admit it. So imagine that plus go there and fight people that are being waiting for you. They're waiting for you. They called you and they're waiting for you, ready to fight. And let's check again. They were climbing on his hands and knees. His hands and knees. So his hands and their feet are busy climbing. So how they fight? There is no friendly people waiting for them up there in the hill. Enemies with swords. So when you're so concerned about the how, right, how, be focused in the who. Forget about the how. Jonathan wasn't concerned about the how. Oh, how are we going to fight this? This army, if we're climbing, no. He was focused in the who. Who is fighting this battle for us? Who is with us? And the good news is the same God that was with them that day want to be with us in our battles. Isn't that amazing? Doesn't matter if you're climbing with your hands and your knees. Doesn't matter how big is the army. Doesn't matter how great is that problem that you're facing. That disease, that death, that situation. Stop asking yourself the how. Stop asking yourself. I'm, I'm begging you. Stop asking yourself the how. How am I going to defeat this incurable disease? How am I going to defeat this death? How am I going to defeat this situation? Focus in the who. Once that you focus in the who, once that you focus in the who, you will see your enemies defeat. Because it's not your strength. It's not your wisdom. We can see that in that plan. It's not his wisdom, because that's the dumbest plan ever. Is the who. Is the who. Let's focus in, in the who. Let's focus in know that God, that God that can save us, that God that is willing to fight our battles, that God that promised us victory. Once that we focus in the who, who cares about the how if we know the who? Fourteen. That first slaughter which Jonathan and his armor bearer made was about 20 men within about half an acre of land. Twenty. 20 against 2. 20 against 2 men that are tired, that they were climbing. 
using their hands and their knees. That have to be encouraged for some of us, hopefully for all of us. Fifteen. And there was trembling in the camp, in the field, and among all the people. The garrison and the raiders also trembled, and the earthquake, so that it was a very great trembling. Looks, if every one of us, if some one of us have a doubt that that was God's power, <laughs> it's pretty clear. Even the earthquake, the air was shaking. Nothing can stop our God. Nothing. And it is amazing, just those two men, those two men create all that trembling, all that panic in the enemy's army. I know about 12 men that changed the world with only one message. And it is amazing how our Lord loves those situations. So next time that you're facing a, a problem or a situation that looks so big for you, that you feel outnumbered, you feel overwhelming, just remember, that's the kind of situation that the loves that the God, our Lord, loves. That's when we have the chance to experience His power. So next time that we are facing the enemy, outnumber, don't focus in the how. Remember the who. Verse 16. Now the watchmen of Saul in Gibeah of Benjamin looked, and there was the multitude melting away, and they went here and there. Then Saul said to the people who were with him, Now call the roll and see who has gone from us. And when they called the roll, surprisingly, surprisingly, Jonathan and his armor-bearer were not there. Well, we can see how Saul in the flesh is worried for the numbers. He wanna, he's trying to find out. We can see this man doesn't follow the Lord. He's just worrying his flesh, and he want to count every single one of his, his soldiers. And he want to know. He's worried. He's worried about the numbers. Jonathan, Jonathan is focusing the Lord. He's focusing the things that you cannot see, but he's focused where the true power is. He's focusing the things that really matters. And it is time for us to focus in the things that really matters. Not in the numbers. Not in the numbers. Uh, 
And Saul said to Hagiah, bring the ark of God here. For at that time, the ark of God was with the children of Israel. Saul in his flesh, he want to use God. He want to use God. He don't want to be close to God. He don't want to pursue God's will. He just want to use God as a talisman, as a lucky charm. That's why he's, he's asking for the ark. He's focusing the things and not in the true God. Something that we really have to consider. We're, we're using, we want to use God or we want to really pursue the Lord. Now it happened, while Saul talked to the priest, that the noise which was in the camp of the Philistines continued to increase. So Saul said to the priest, withdraw your hand. Oh, now he don't want to hear from the Lord. He don't have peace. He, he, he don't have peace. He don't know what to do. And that happened to everybody that doesn't trust in the Lord, that his faith is not in the Lord. We cannot experience the peace that only God offers when we don't trust Him. Then Saul and all the people who were with him assembled, and they went to the battle. And indeed, every man's sword was against his neighbor, and there was very great confusion. The power of God. We saw the power of God in that battle. How is that possible? Only two men against an army, and on top of that, they start to fight each other. But uh, I, I want to ask you to, to read in Isaiah chapter 19, verse 2 to 4, to understand something about the Lord, about the character of our God. Isaiah Chapter 19, verse 2 to 4. Messiah, this is years and years after all this happened. I will set the Egyptians against Egyptians. Everyone will fight against his brother and everyone against his neighbor. City against city, kingdom against kingdom. Why is that important that we can read it in Isaiah years after this happened? Well, he did it before. He did it to Jonathan. He will do it for us. So don't worry about the number of your enemies. If it's God's will... In order to give us victory, he will make them to fight against each other. That's the power of our Lord. Let's get... Verse 21. Moreover, the Hebrews who were with the Philistines before that time, who went up 
with them into the camp from the surrounding country, they also joined the Israelites who were with Saul and Jonathan. Likewise, all the men of Israel who had hidden in the mountains of Ephraim, when they heard that the Philistine fleet, they also followed hard after them in the battle. Wow. Wow. What does that say to us? I just read it. All those that deserve from the Israelites and join other armies, they came back. All those that were hiding, they came back. And now they want to they fight. Now they want to fight. What that tells to us? That our testimony can do great things. Those brothers that were lost, Return to the Lord, those brothers that have fear that are fighting battles, finally understand that the power resides in the Lord, and they're more willing to fight. How important it is to be a, very, a good witness of the Lord. But uh, I cannot finish this without letting you know something that catch my attention. And then in order to do that, I need to talk about Saul again and go to verse 20. They say that, Then Saul and all the people who were with him assembly, and they went to the battle. Wow. Brave Saul. Now that the enemy is running, he decides to go to battle. He was the king. He's supposed to do that from day one. He don't supposed to be hanging around with his friends under the pomegranate tree. He's supposed to be seeking for the battle. He's supposed to be there in the battlefield. But guess what? It's so easy, it's so easy to fight the enemy when the enemy is running from you. Right? 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 Well, I have news for you. <laughs> it's the same thing that many Christians do. It's the same thing that too many Christians do today. Yes. How is that? Well, we have these Christians that they just hang around with their bodies under the pomegranate tree, but they show on Sunday to the battle because the enemy is running. Because we are all together in this room watching the Lord. But what happened the other days? when we need to fight and show ourselves to the world. Show ourselves to the world and let them know that our God is the one that fights our battles. It is time. It is time to show ourselves to the world. It is time. Let's wrap this. Uh, verse 23. So the Lord saved Israel that day and the battle chapter to bet a van. It is the Lord. Don't get fooled. It's not your strength. It's not your wisdom. It's the who. He is the one that's going to give you victory. That victory that you've been waiting for years and years and years. He is the one. He's the Lord. And he wants us to know. That's why. I want to encourage every single one of you 
and myself to show ourselves to the world and let them know that our God will give us victory. That is in Him, in the who, that we have victory. Don't worry about the how. Don't worry about the how. Focus in the who. He will give us victory. Amen. God bless you all. The worship team and uh, the prayer couples will be here. Uh, I want you to encourage, I want to encourage you to pray. And uh, please pray. Pray with the prayer couples. Ask the Lord for, for, for wisdom. Ask the Lord for, for, for that vision where you finally decide to trust Him. When you finally decide to show yourself to the world. Proclaim His name. Trust Him. I don't know what you're battling. I don't know the size of your enemies. I know mine's. They're, they're, they're big. But my Lord is bigger, stronger. And He goes with me in every single battle. And He will give me victory. It's the same victory that He offered to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.